I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, Ursa, San Diego, 2023. I'm here with my new friend, Paul. We are going to talk about BOD QR, and we are going to talk about the future of member relationships and focusing on things that matter. So, Paul, good to see you again, and, uh, and welcome to your first Halo Talks. Thanks so much. You know, we first met at another event, Connected Yeah, we at the Connected Fitness event. I talked about how... Uh, you can't have artificial intelligence until you have intelligence. And then you and I became fast friends in, a, <laughs> in agreement on uh, several quotes and takeaways from like building relationships and simple building blocks and foundational ways to do that. Um, so, you know, you're a Wharton grad. Uh, you've got a good business strategic mind and vision on where the future is. It seems like you've done that successfully in your career of kind of being on the front end of, of new concepts or new industries that have been evolving, including MedSpa. So talk about why you started BOD QR and, and, and where it's going and why you saw there was a frustration that you could you could solve. Sure. So last 15 years, I'd say 18 years even, I've been in health fitness related businesses. Most recently, I had a, um, a national or still have a national nutrition coaching company. And we were running, as we were scaling, we were fortunate to be doing very well. We served tens of thousands of uh, consumers. And we were facing a problem that we've now given a name to, um, but it was really about uh, getting to know our members really deeply and understanding their condition and needs and goals and being able to translate that into a better service and um, better sales and better retention. And uh, we realized that we needed to have an automation to do that. Uh, we couldn't rely on staff for the consistency and complexity of the work that we were doing. So BodQR is the kind of the solution that we developed to to solve that problem or address that problem. Yeah. So from from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what kind of market validation did you do up front versus in your gut you kind of knew and you, and you saw the market, you know, a lot of uh, venture capital firms or they would say, you know, it's a total addressable market. I'm like, everyone. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Like, so how do you kind of, how did you kind of work through your own lens to say, Hey, I'm gonna you know dedicate my life to this versus yep. you know let somebody else figure it out. Mm -hmm. Or why did you think nobody else could figure it out? Maybe like start with that. Sure. Well, we had the benefit of uh, the the problem was right in front of us, and we wanted to. Uh, we were highly motivated to solve the problem for ourselves and implement the solution with our own team, with our sales force, with our uh, nutrition coaches, and uh, it. It wasn't until we actually got to building it that we really started to think about it as uh, an opportunity to sell beyond uh, our own business. And we 
did a number of iterations. I, we built this software, I should say, over several years. This took three, four years of effort. So this was not a small uh, project. And we tested across that time different positionings, different uh, combinations of uh, features. And we rolled it out in different waves uh, to different target markets to really understand where there was opportunity. It, it was a lengthy process, but worthwhile. And I, I think we do understand now uh, where there's opportunity in fitness. And it, has, it happens to be with mostly with those fitness providers that uh, don't have the capacity to get to know their members deeply right now. And we can talk about that, of course. Yeah. So, you know, talk about how you sequentially want to build the business and how it was built. <laughs> I mean, I'm embarrassed that we probably built it backwards. We built it That's with- That's fine. That's yeah, what I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, sorry, but uh, we, we did build the most sophisticated uh, elaborate analyses at first. And we learned as we were presenting uh, our tool that we had, to, we had to go back to basics. And some of the more basic questions that we, we presumed had already been answered uh, about you know, a member's basic condition, for example, had not been answered uh, in most fitness businesses. So we ended up doing the simple things last, which uh, again, in hindsight, it's easy to see we made a mistake, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But but you did kind of use your own company as like your your Can, testing ground, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and then when you think about how you were able to roll it out internally or, you know, like you'd say any business is basically a, a, a group of people that come together to, to solve a frustration on behalf of others and hopefully solve it in a profitable fashion. So when did you kind of stop this is how it works for me internally, and here's how I'm going to then educate other people and roll it out as a you know as a, as a mm -hmm. service. Yeah, so, as soon as we saw the impact, we were seeing um, on the front end with new members, we're seeing um, a doubling of close rates, a doubling of show rates when we were using assessments up front in the, with prospects, and then we were seeing uh, an extension of. Uh, member relationships by almost 50%. So we knew that that kind of impact uh, was something that other businesses would probably be interested in. Yeah, and so we had to we had to try it first. Got it. So, and it, it explained for, obviously we're on audio here, so we're not showing any kind of videos of, of how the <laughs> software works, but, you know, we got a SaaS platform, could be deployed inside as a private label for, yep. for any health club or fitness studio or, or, or anyone that's doing any kind of corporate wellness or, or has a community. Exactly. Right? So talk about what the login looks like, what the actual results are, how long it takes to, to make the assessment. Sure. So uh, the access for a member or a prospect uh, is very simple. They would scan a QR code with their smartphone if they're in a facility or they could click a link if they're following it from an email or a website. And uh, they would take about a minute to provide a little bit of information in our uh, web app and uh, maybe another minute to register the very first time they use it and they'd instantly be delivered a comprehensive body analysis along the lines of what you might get if you used a heart piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the app itself is, as you mentioned, custom branded for the studio or gym or, or YMCA or what, ha what have you and it is cloud-based and it's a web app, not a phone download. So when the member scans a QR code, it opens up a web browser for them to access the tool. They can always log back in. They can take more assessments to update their progress uh, and see their uh, more detailed reports anytime. And there's a progression of analyses, not just a body analysis. There's what we call a gap or a goal and activity profile, which is similar to an intake. We're looking at whether their objectives for fitness and nutrition, what are their uh, impediments, what is their history, what is their um, 
physical health uh, conditions, those kinds of things. And then there's also much more rigorous fitness and weight diagnostics. In terms of time, to your question about time, um, those additional assessments take uh, two to five minutes each, depending on which ones you, you take. Yeah. And then with, with all this, um, you know, talk or, or compliance related to HIPAA and like PCI compliance and, and, and data privacy, how, how are you guys handling that? So. We use AWS and have all the security measures and, and protocols that you would need for that kind of data. That said, most people don't know that HIPAA really applies to Medicare reimbursed uh, businesses and maybe Medi Medicaid, but um, it's, it, in most, the case of most fitness businesses, HIPAA turns out not to be a concern, although it's a good idea to comply anyway. Gotcha. So what are some of the success stories that you've had? What are some of the things that you've uh, kind of had to rethink Mm -hmm. um, as an entrepreneur and said, you know, hey, I thought the market was going to respond this way, but they're not, or, or clubs that maybe don't want to educate their, their staff as much. Maybe they just want to kind of use it as an automated service and not necessarily, like you got the member blindness is, is a mm -hmm. you know comment that you made before. They might want to include it as marketing and not necessarily as like content or like a uh, health enhancement. You right, might right, want to right. use it like a, like a marketing shtick, if you will. Mm -hmm. So there are different use cases, you're right. And it depends on the format of the business and their, their particular focus. So uh, we did build the tool knowing that it could be used for lead generation, and we used it that way ourselves. And it's, it's very, um, very productive as a lead gen tool. We've you know, generated some of our lowest cost per lead by promoting the assessments uh, in social media and in advertising. Um, but I think the biggest surprise to us, or the biggest change in the market as we were building the tool, was that sales forces in fitness kind of disappeared. Uh, we thought that this would be a perfect tool for salespeople initially, right. and point, yeah. now most sales happens uh, either uh, online, the self-directed way, or uh, it happens after like a trial class uh, or some other kind of experience that leads to someone going to the front desk and just signing up. Right. So that kind of curated or managed sales process, not everywhere, but largely has disappeared. And so we had to, re we had to adapt our positioning and our, our features to make sure that we were enabling people to sell without that consultation, that live consultation. You know, as you kind of see, look, the ideal world in the future doesn't include diabetes, doesn't include obesity, and doesn't include loneliness. Um, however, the clubs, for better or for worse, uh, have not been able to hire as many people because there's not that many people that, that want to work in a health club when they can go do mm -hmm. an Uber and like turn on and off. They could work from home. You know, there's a lot of different choices for people and there's not a sales commission bonus as there was before. So do you feel like your technology is replacing people? Are you hoping that People say, hey, look, if I want to get some people, more members results, like, I got to staff up and I got to use your technology more as a, as a weapon mm. than like a, like a self-serve. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think it will depend a little bit on the format of the business, but I don't think those staff loving levels are coming back where they're going to be staffing up big consultation groups. Okay. Yeah. So our idea with the technology is to elevate the expertise of the people that they can hire which may be fewer in number and maybe less in experience, and really create 
uh, expert positioning, no matter what the level of staff is. And then for facilities where really there's no choice but to have self-serve, to, to let them signal to their members that they actually still really care about their fitness journey and they care about them as individuals with a personalized experience. The problem now is if you go into a studio and, and no one uh, engages with you individually and you only engage with the instructor, um, you might get the sense that, you know, uh, this facility is has a great product, but I, I might want to try something else where they might take some interest in me. And that's what we really want to avoid. And self-serve can still do that. Mm -hmm. Is there, I want to ask you a question on your business model, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of struggle or, or um, wrestle with mm -hmm. was the term I was looking for. And I'll give you an example. And I, and I want you to you know, opine based on your business model. So there's a company that, that we've got a good relationship with and they're, they're saying, look, I want to be a marketing engine, but I do not want to actually create the content or make any decisions. So I'm going to give this client this marketing engine and I want them to use it however they want. I don't want to meddle in their marketing. And my response to the CEO is that you're basically putting an engine, you have to actually drive the car mm -hmm. and make them let you drive the car with their members because they're not gonna do it the way you can do it. And you're basically sub-optimizing the opportunity from a revenue and from a relationship standpoint and from dollars and cents, like they're not driving this. So they have your engine in there. You can say, oh, I got this account, but who cares? Like they're not That's using right. it, right? So when you kind of take a look at your business and you say, look, staffing levels are low. I got a software that I know is bulletproof. I know it's scalable. I know it works. Maybe I need to staff up myself and I'll manage it for you. Just give me access to do it. And at the same time, you're like, well, now I got to change my revenue model. Now I got a lot higher labor costs. Maybe I'm not a SaaS company. Maybe I'm like a value added SaaS company. So you know what multiples trade at, you know like where your business is going at the same time. And I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> At the same time, you're like, that's not my business model, but maybe it has to be my business model. Right. I, I don't know to what extent we will ultimately need to go in that consultative uh, approach, but I do think uh, hands-off doesn't work. Right. Uh, and our objective is for people to get, or clubs or studios, to get a 10x return on their investment with us. And we can give them best practices, we can give them templates, we can give them playbooks, all of those things. Uh, we can't necessarily make them implement those. So uh, we're very open to uh, taking more active roles with subscribers uh, if they want us to, um, even if it's just for a short time to get the momentum going. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question perfectly, but we would we would be willing to, to have tiers of service for sure right. where we do much more than just uh, offer the subscription. And, and, and I say that and I ask you that question to expose to, to some of the vendors or to people that are deploying other types of software to say, if you're not using it as a weapon and actually using it the way it's supposed to be used, then take it out or, or tell, ask the vendor or the partner to staff it for you to optimize it. That, that's my point. I think yeah. some people say, I'm, only a, I'm just a technology company. Well, that doesn't work anymore. No. Unless somebody's using it as mission critical software, you got to use it as mission critical software on their behalf. And I think in our case, we're giving 
clubs or studios a, a whole new set of data that they haven't had before, at least in the aggregate. And so they may not be uh, prepared yet to use that data. So we, it right. is really incumbent on us to help them to do that. One other follow-up question. You said, I want my member, I want my, my clients, or my partners or my channel partners, however you want to use the word, I want them to get a 10x return on, on their investment. Why, did, why 10x? Why not 5x? Why not 3x? That's a good point. Uh, 10x to me is the no-brainer territory. Uh, 3 to 5, maybe there's an argument about that and how consistent it is. You, you want, I, I think the idea is overwhelming value. That's the principle that I follow. And I, uh, I know that we probably leave money on the table that way as to price potentially, but it's a better way to build your reputation. I had met with a company a couple of weeks ago and they said, I want to do, I want a 5.5 times return on investment for everything I provide to them. And I feel like some of that might be a marketing tool. Some of it might be, it's a no brainer. Like how can you not sign up? Like I basically, I'm giving myself a 90% probability that it's going to work if I do one out of 10, right? Um, even though I'm 10 exit, like you can be, you could fall short exactly. by 90% exactly. and still break even on my platform, right? Right, and that, that's about ambition. Am I doing the math? I'm doing yeah. the math, right, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. You know, so what, what are some of the key accounts, whether it's named or unnamed, you know, what is 2023, what does success look like for you? Well, I mean, uh, we mentioned the Connected Health and Fitness Summit earlier. That was really our launch just a month and a half ago. So that was a great opportunity to, to speak with um, a very sophisticated audience and start to have conversations with larger chains. And uh, the, the segments that seem to have the most promise for us are uh, boutique studios, uh, HVLP, and YMCAs. So that's really where we see our business growing the most. Uh, happy to be surprised with other segments too, though, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, you know, in, in closing here, as, as you built out your internal team, um, or as you think about your next hire at the executive level, you've been around a block a lot of times, you probably have said, my next hire should be this type of person, or that should be this title. What, what's your, at your current spot right now, and the reason why I'm asking is because I think there are times when small companies hire the wrong person yeah. at, the, at the wrong price point, and they basically have blown money on their back end instead of their front end, or rev, like we're doing something that's cost related versus revenue related. So how do you think about that? So yeah, we're at a juncture where as we're rolling out into the market, revenue is the, the objective and, and, right. and building the business. So that means business development related staff for sure. Uh, not necessarily a senior most executive, uh, but someone who can uh, build partnerships and has some experience in the market, uh, you know, in whatever respective segment to help us build relationships and hopefully long-term relationships. Yeah. Um, and then from a standpoint of companies that could be collaborators, could be competitors, how do you kind of think about the landscape as you've kind of dug even deeper yeah. and further into this industry to say, well, there's a lot of different technologies. Like we're not really infringing on your area. You shouldn't be worried about me. Like let's, let's collaborate and then like, you should be able at some point to turn me on and off inside of a ABC or a Wellness Living or yeah. a Daxco and add this on. And then now basically I'm like in the back, I'm like in your app store. You mentioned three obvious candidates, right? They're, they're not compete. We're not competing with them in any way. They could leverage the data in their platforms to create some more personalization uh, and 
those are exactly the types of partners that we would we would want to uh, work with over time. Yeah, great. So you know, any any uh, uh, any quotes that that you know you find that resonate with you, or people say, hey, you know, Paul says this all the time. And then in addition to that, is there anything that's pleasantly surprised you about the industry? Sure. Um, quotes. Well, I've got a sports quote if you want. I love sports. So quotes. fire away. I, it's actually on my my rubber uh, my silicon ring here. L I O T M. Leave it on the mat. So that's a little bit of a life philosophy for me, and it's from my wrestling days back in college. And uh, for me, it signifies being prepared, well-trained, giving your best effort so that when you step off the mat, there's no regrets. So that's that's my sports saying. And in terms of pleasant surprises, uh, I don't know if this is only a post-COVID thing, but it's a friendly industry. I've really enjoyed meeting people. Um, The shared passion for fitness is something that creates a bond uh, that's natural. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's certainly a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. We look forward to helping you build the business and make connections on the biz dev side. And I think anything that's going to help solve loneliness, diabetes, and obesity is is where the future is and people are going to pay up for it, whether it's 10X or 5X, like just get in your bod QR and start to actually help people get the results that they deserve because they're coming to you because you're the authority. If you're the authority, you better be the authority of fitness, better be the authority on nutrition, and you better be an authority on workout recovery. So thanks for coming on. I'm glad we met. And uh, to ending member blindness. Thank you, Pete. One, two, three, halo. One, two, three, halo. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Good stuff. Thanks.